Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. fans welcome back to believe in nebraska on the believe podcast network i'm your host sam casacho week four in the books and boy was it a tough one as the nebraska Cornhuskers lost to the michigan state spartans in overtime now you'd think an overtime game on the road against a ranked opponent you know you'd feel good about the way you played but that that can't be said today i normally like to start off with something positive or what what went well for the Huskers, but I'm not going to do that today. Today I'm going to talk about what we love to talk about every single week. We're going to start off talking about special teams because I'm truly disgusted and ashamed that the Black Shirts played what to me was one of the best performances of defense, certainly that I've seen this year, that I've seen the Huskers play in I don't know how many years. It's probably the best defensive performance I've seen since Indomitian Sue wore the black shirts. And instead, instead of talking about that, instead of talking about how this defense didn't allow Michigan State to pick up a first down in the second half, we're going to talk about the same things that we talk about every single week on this show. We're going to talk about special teams. We're going to talk about how the Huskers were unable to execute on the most basic level to give their offense and their defense a chance to win this game because they're unable unable to execute in special teams at, at the most fundamental level. That's what we're going to talk about. And not just special teams. That wasn't the only demon that prevented us from winning that game. The Huskers had a seven-yard punt towards the end of the first half that the only reason that's not coming up more is because it should have been three for the other team, but luckily the Huskers blocked the kick because Michigan State made a, a mistake on their snap, and so we were able, they saved us from, the, from that mistake. But that was just the beginning. That was just the beginning. Because with three minutes left, three minutes and 40 seconds left, one more stop. The Nebraska defense needed to make one more stop as the Huskers scored 10 points in the second half to go up by, by, by seven, 20 to 13. The Huskers punt the ball, shank it to the left, and it's returned 60 yards for a touchdown to tie the game. They, the, at that point in the game, to say that the Huskers had the momentum would be an understatement. The truth is, beyond just the, the mental momentum that, that is felt in a football game, the Husker offense was leaning on that Michigan State defense. They own time of possession. In the third quarter alone, 
Nebraska ran 27 offensive plays to Michigan State's six and held the ball for 11 minutes of just the third quarter. Now, it's a little disappointing they only came away with three points, but still, they're dominating, completely dominating the time of possession, and then that led into the, the fourth quarter. Over the entire second half, Michigan State only ran 15 plays for 14 yards and obviously and zero first downs. They completely shut down Kenneth Walker, the Big Ten's leading rusher, leading rusher in the country, to 49 yards and 16 carries in the across the entire game. A guy coming in averaging 8.6 yards a carry, did all that, and it was all for naught because of unacceptable special teams play. Scott Frost talked after the game and in Monday's press conference about it's not just about those couple plays. It's about the hidden yardage, 300 yards of hidden yardage. Listen, I'm watching that too. It's not that we're seeing that. That's poor special teams play. The fact that we're letting balls roll from the 35 to the 15 and we're letting them return punts or kickoffs for 40 yards and that they're just completely dominating us in that phase of the game. That we can overcome. Punting the ball for seven yards, shanking it left and letting them return it for a touchdown with three minutes left in a game where we haven't allowed them to have a first down, that is insurmountable. They're catastrophic plays. They're not executing at the basic level. Punting the ball in the direction we intend it to go. Punting it more than 30 yards downfield. I mean, that's these kind of things have to be happening. And you can say we're emphasizing it in practice, but it's not even close to acceptable. You're right. There's 300 yards of, of 300 hidden yards on special teams. Sure, I see that as well. I'm seeing it. I'm aware. But it doesn't matter. That we can overcome with the excellent defensive play and the excellent play of Martinez and our wide receivers and our running backs. Like that, they overcame the fact that we have, yes, are putting from the rough every time in terms of field position, every time we start with the ball. Yeah, I, well, we, I'm seeing that. That we can do in the waning moments of the game, just handing them a touchdown in a set in a Big Ten game, playing on a ranked opponent on the road. No, you cannot do that. And yeah, you can point to like, we had a drive stall out and there were false starts. Sure, yes, those things have to get fixed. The offensive line and that stuff and being frustrated about that because what, I mean, what, I guess when I hear that, I understand I understand that we're trying to like we there's there were other areas we can fix because he doesn't want it to be on all on one kid and I get that or all on two kids because we had to switch punters after after halftime because the you know because stirrup is hitting it seven yards so we're gonna switch and then you know Cherney hits it to the left on a right bunt we lose the game goes to overtime we lose the game. Because I'm not even going to talk about the fact that Martinez threw an interception. That kid was a warrior. That kid's turning sacks into 40-yard gains. Like, I'm not going to – we're not going to criticize that. That doesn't matter. We could talk about the hidden yardage. We could talk about the false starts, stalling drives on offense. And some of them are bad. Back-to-back false starts after we drive into the red zone and goal, and then that's ruined. We have Logan Smothers in the game for a play, you know, for a series. He's playing well, driving us, and we take, again, back-to-back false starts. And he's completely, you know, behind the sticks. He's terrible. It's awful. All of that stuff could be overcome. But you can't, it's, you, you, there's nothing that can be done about the catastrophic 
uh, special teams plays. And it's not just one. We're lucky we got out of the seven-yard punt by blocking a kick, blocking their field goal. But, like, you're saying that if, you know, if we had scored, if we had been able to continue a drive and it stalled out because of our, you know, our offensive linemen, the truth is they, we, our special teams play should have given them more than seven. It should have been ten. We blocked a kick. It should have been ten points given on special teams plays. It, it, it's not just this week. I would not be losing my mind and sick to my stomach the way that I am today if it was just this week. It's because it's not. And I do feel for Scott that it feels like last week it's the, you know, it's the kicking game. It's, you know, we can't kick a field goal for some reason. We can't kick an extra point. Now, this week we were able to do that with, some, with success, but we're punting the ball all over the place. I don't know why that's happening. I don't. I don't know why that that's happening. But it, it can't happen, and it's not just this game. Every single game for five games in a row, it's either fumbling the punt, punt returns, fumbling on punt returns, missing field goals and extra points. That was for Buffalo. So missing punt returns, that was Illinois and Fordham. Then Buffalo and Oklahoma were just missing field goals and extra points. Then, now we here we go today, we can't punt the ball. This is not executing on a basic level. I agree. I agree. The offensive line not staying set is mentally weak, undisciplined football. I agree that not fielding punts and and not covering punts and and everything that goes into that and the hidden yardage that we're losing in terms of field position every game is hurting the team. It totally is. But those, I mean, I can't begin to talk about that until we start I don't want to begin to address those issues anymore until we address the fact that it is completely catastrophic, unacceptable special teams plays happening every week. How do you look your teammate in the face that doesn't allow a first down and you just, like, we're we're, the whole special teams unit? Because it's not on one kid. Just no one made a tackle. No one has looked where the ball went. Nothing. I get it. It was to the right. Holy hell, like just awareness of the play. There's no way this is getting emphasized. You're saying it's getting emphasized? There's, this, is a, this would be poor special teams play on a middling high school team. There, we're effectively at times just throwing the ball up in the middle of the air in the middle of a Power 5 Big Ten game, and it's just up for grabs. Anything chaos play, anything can happen on this play. The ball's just 40 yards off target. I've never seen anything like this. And listen, it would be really frustrating. It was frustrating last week when you're tr- you're trying to beat Oklahoma. We're right in the game, and oh my God, our extra point was blocked, and then returned for a two point conversion for Oklahoma, and then we give them the ball. Yeah, like it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's unbelievable that it's happening every single week. Every week, I think that we. I read online that the stat is that if four plays. And their their special teams plays, four plays go different for the Cornhuskers, and they're the only five and O team in the country. That's how that's how close they are. But this infuriating stuff keeps cropping up, and it does. It makes me sick. It makes me absolutely sick to my stomach because what we should be talking about today, the headlines should be, the black shirts are back. Nebraska turns a corner. We needed this win. It wasn't a must win, but it's the kind of win that this program needed and that these players needed 
to believe in themselves and to believe in this program and to, and to keep the buy-in going and to keep their heads up. You can say after the game, I don't want anyone to hang their heads. You guys played well. You got to win. We need to win, and they deserve to win. We should be talking about the Black Shirts putting together the best defensive performance since Indomitian Sue playing in the Big 12 championship against Colt McCoy in Texas. We should be talking about that. Instead, we're not. We're going to talk about how when we put, when we, we're on special teams, every time there's a kick that needs to be had, every Nebraska fan, and I'm sure the coaching staff, is sitting there holding their breath. Wait, oh, don't let it. Don't let it be a touchdown for the other team. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I can't believe what I'm talking about. I can't believe that I'm doing a podcast on this network and that every week I have to talk about the same thing. Basic execution of special teams. What is this? And how are the kids supposed to move forward? To be honest, they, they've, you know... In a lot of ways, they're better guys than me. I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really want to. Uh, it was hard for me to do this podcast because that kind of a loss, that kind of a game as a fan is the kind of game that I, I don't want to think about football for a week. I'm just going to watch bad reality TV with my wife for the rest of the week until until we play again because I can't even think about what just happened. But you could see the pain. I, I watched Garrett Nelson and, and JoJo Doman do their press conference and give credit to these guys because the truth is they came in and they had, a, you know, it's, it's hard. You could tell. I mean, it's a lot of courage to, to even have to get up there and talk to anybody about what just happened. If they, obviously, they feel worse about it than I do. And I can't imagine how you feel about it as, a, as two members of a defense that just performed the way that you did. But they, they, they faced it and, and answered with a lot of courage, and I want to drop in exactly what they said because I think it's important for all of us because we have to move forward. So I think that they, they said it better than I ever could. Yeah, you, you want to win. That's why you put in all the work, you know, so you can reap the rewards of your work. Um, ultimately, our identity is not in wins and losses, you know. This is Nebraska football. We take pride in that. And so we owe it to Nebraska football to respond from this, learn something from this, be better from this, because what else can we do at this point? What else can we do at this point? The special teams have to be better. That much is clear. But I think it's important to note these kids' words, JoJo Doman talking after this game, that, and not just the, not just the players, not just JoJo, the the coaches too, that, that there's been a tonal and cultural shift in, in the way that we react to these kind of truly embarrassing blunders, guttural, horrific, embarrassing moments in Nebraska football. He's talking there about what Nebraska football is and what it means. That they're just going to pick themselves up and do it again. There's no finger pointing, which after you've, didn't allow an offense to pick up a first down and somebody shanks a punt, you know, 40 yards off target and it gets returned for a touchdown in the final three minutes. It'd be easy to do that. It would be easy to sit there at least, I don't know, baffled to some degree, but instead these guys are looking inward at what they could about what they can do and what they're going to do to do to move forward as a team. And the coaches too, full accountability, Mike Dawson, Scott, 
across the board, Chenander even, taking accountability for what this is and just saying we're going to move forward, we're going to play better. That's all they can say. Garrett Nelson went on to even go as far as this. But to not give up a first down against a team like that, I mean, <laughs> despite the result, you got to be kind of proud of that, I assume. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Uh, that's why I really I love our defense. I love the black shirts because we're never – we don't look at that and go, oh, we, you know, we did it. We made it. We go, why didn't we get the ball turned over? You know, why didn't we get a pick? Why didn't we do this? Uh, we don't we think we say all right cool we got we did that thing really well let's go do some other things really well and put it all together so we don't get uh we don't get competent we don't get uh, complacent sorry yeah, that's what we're supposed to do you know shut them out that's what we're supposed to do that kind of answer to me points to such a, a culture shift and that's that scott has established over these four years and those words are so powerful, not just because they're, you know, it's it's a nice thing to say. When you back that up with the kind of play they have on the field, right? And then respond to that by saying, not pointing a finger, not looking at anybody else, not looking at what should have happened on a punt return or uh, with a jumping off sides of the offensive line, none of that. All they can think about after not allowing a team to pick up a first down is we could have gotten a turnover that could have led to points. What could we do better? What could we do better next week? We're going to continue to stack weeks and we're going to continue to get better in what we can control. That's leadership. When you're putting that on the field and then bringing that kind of attitude to the locker room, that's leadership. The distance between Bob Diaco talking about the strain and where we're at today with these kind of with these kind of defensive performances and that kind of response after a loss where i mean face it the special teams blew it i mean they blew it and the offensive line did what they did the same culprits have popped up again and again so it's not even just one week of this it's not one bad loss but you're staying there minutes after a game that you laid everything out there and that's the response that they have we have to look at the things that Scott has done well here. Sure, are the, is the special teams are a blunder, but culturally, this is a completely different team, and I don't. I, and he's completely transformed the defense, and it's brought Nebraska football back in a way that I think everybody can be proud of. And the truth is, we're gonna need it. We're gonna need that kind of leadership in the locker room, that kind of culture in the locker room, if we have any chance of turning this around this season having this defense turn this around. Garrett Nelson went on to say that last week, the week before when Connor Culp had his head down, had two bad games, he said everybody picked him up. He goes, and I picked him up. We created a positive environment for him. And he goes, I, he goes, I don't know, but I'd like to think he played better because of it today. And we're going to do the same thing with, with these two punters. This is the kind of culture we have. This kind of thing, this kind of culture is a great thing. And it's what Nebraska is going to need to be able to, 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 to push that final step over the hump. They are close. That's a great defense. And, I, and, and, I, and I'm praying that they, that they figure it out on special teams just, to, just enough that we don't waste what clearly a special defense that they have this year. 
And with that, we'll move on to Northwestern. Now, I could talk to you about Hunter Johnson, Northwestern's quarterback, and his stats, or do my whole spiel about Evan Hull and the running back at Northwestern and what he brings to the game. But the truth is, that's not what this game is about. Northwestern represents, as a team, every year, exactly what Nebraska has failed to do on a yearly basis. Northwestern does everything right. They show up. They don't beat themselves. They play disciplined football. And sometimes they have more talent than other years. Maybe they're a little less talented this year. I go into their record and what they've, who they've lost to this year and who they played. But the truth is this game isn't about, getting ready for this game isn't about Northwestern. Getting ready for this game is about Nebraska. Because clearly, we have shown that we can play with the top teams in the country. We can take them to overtime. We can play within six points all on the road. Thankfully, we get to play at home this week. It doesn't, doesn't matter who's on the other side of the field. The reason Nebraska hasn't won, isn't 5-0, and is because of Nebraska. So it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for Northwestern. It doesn't matter who their running back is. It doesn't matter who their wide receiving core is. It doesn't matter what their front seven looks like. The question is, is Nebraska going to be able to play the game of football the way that Northwestern does every week? Disciplined. And for five weeks, that hasn't been the case. It hasn't shown up. There's never, there, there, there isn't a better time for that to happen than this week. Scott Frost has already said that he's shaken up the offensive line after another week of false starts at the left guard and uh, right, potentially right tackle positions. So we'll see who they start there. That's been started. The last two games were started by Trent Hickson and uh, Bryce Benhart at right tackle. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, uh, I think Hickson had just only started the last two games at left guard. So he's already kind of been mixing it up there. But he, these things have to change. Um, I know Benhart had a couple of those false starts in the, in the Michigan State game. That has to change. I've talked enough about special teams. We know what needs to be done there. We need to be able to play special teams at a basic level. But last week, the more important than that, I think, you know, because I've talked today about culture. I obviously talked about special teams and the mistakes that we're making. Offensive line. We talked about that. We talked about all those things on this podcast. But last week I talked about that 2012 Nebraska team and said that there's everything out here for this team that was out there for them when they went to the Big Ten Championship. The difference between this team and every team that Scott has had in his tenure is that that team found ways to win. The truth is they didn't lose to UCLA and Ohio State earlier on in the year by, you know, because they gave up a punt return touchdown and lost in overtime or, you know, lost by six points. Seven points. They got blown out in those games. And the truth is the rest of the year, a majority of the games they played, they faced double-digit deficits in the second half, but they found ways to win. They kept showing, they showed highlights of that from that year of Michigan State. Martinez scoring with six seconds left, driving down the field, threw a touchdown with six seconds left in the game, take Nebraska's first lead of the game and win. That's what this team hasn't been able to do. That's what previous Scott Frost teams have not been able to do. 
We weren't able to take the game. I remember sitting there, you know, watching while Nebraska had the ball, trying to convert that to get a first down with three minutes left before the punt that, you know, that ultimately lost us the game. And I was screaming, take it. It's on the table. Take it. Take the win. Just go get a first down. It's right there. It's over. You've done everything right up to the, you've gotten to this point. Go take it. They have not found a way to take it. They just haven't. It hasn't materialized yet. But they have gotten better. I was watching the Michigan State game with a friend who also had watched the Illinois game with me. And throughout the game and even after they lost, he looked at me and said, this is not the team that lost to Illinois. They've gotten better even this year. What they need to do against Northwestern is go out there and take it. It's not going to be the corner-turning moment that Michigan State would have been. But I'll tell you this, two and three, the season hangs is, is on the edge of a knife right now. We're two and three. If Nebraska loses to Northwestern at home and becomes two and four, this season becomes like every season we've seen. And I can almost guarantee you we don't go to a bowl game. If we win and we're three and three, as good as we've played, we may be ready or more ready to face Michigan at home under the lights the next week. And you can take it game by game. But I, if they lose this game, I don't like to use the term must win, but it is. Nebraska has to get right itself right and win this game at home. It's an absolute must win. If they're two and four, the season will spiral out of control. And you can tell on the, on the faces of the coaches and on the players that that's where we're at right now. They have to go out and get that Big Ten win. They're 0-2 in the Big Ten. They've lost to Illinois. Now they've lost to Michigan State in a painful, painful fashion. They need to be 3-3 three and three instead of 2-4. and four. It couldn't be more important. Because there's still a lot left out there for the team. Sure, I mean, is it possible they could still go to the Big Ten Championship and win the Big Ten West? Maybe. A lot of the got lost in losing, you know, your second Big Ten conference game. But this team hasn't been to a bowl. Win some big games here down the stretch with a special defense and go to a bowl game, go to a great bowl game and and push this program over the hump from a losing program to a competitive one, to a, to a team that kids want to come play for. And it has to start this week. They have to build on what they've done. And it's great to hear what Garrett Nelson and JoJo Doman had to say. And you feel good about it because of what they've put on the field. They've already proved it. And they're looking for more. That's going to rub off on everybody else. It's a positive environment. It's a team thing. There's there, No one's pointing a finger at anybody. Everybody on the team keeps reiterating, you know, the special teams guys, they only get that one play. So when they make a mistake, everybody sees it. We get 60 plays. So, we, you know, just finding a way to, to, to pick their teammates up. It's got to be that way if they have any chance of fixing the horrific problems that face this program on special teams and on their offensive line. Because Northwestern has always played us close, and I expect that this week. 
And the only way to be on the right side of that close game is to do the little things right. Time's now. Get it done, Huskers. That's our show for this week. Tune in next week to see if the Huskers can get the little things done right in a great game under the lights at Memorial Stadium against Northwestern. And as always, even after overtime losses, go Big Red. I was raised in Nebraska, but one time I journeyed south, and the things those Okies said down there made me wipe out a couple of miles. They like their Sooner football, and they don't like the Huskers enough, but I surprised them all when I sang this song. I made them take off and run. You can boast about your victory Tell me all about your team But when we meet on the football field Your bridges won't be clean You can brag about the Sooners And sing your old fight song But don't come across our borderline Cause you knuckleheads don't belong to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.